A reading from Luke 2. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel assured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. One of my favorite Christmas stories is the best Christmas pageant pageant ever by Barbara Robinson. She tells about a small church, a quiet town, a Christmas pageant, and the Herdmans, the worst kids in the history of the world. They lie, steal, smoke cigars, swear, and beat up little kids. One Sunday, they invade the church. The Herdmans came for the snacks, and they ended up taking over the annual Christmas pageant. The Herdman siblings take all the choice roles in the Christmas pageant by intimidation and force. And none of them has ever heard the Christmas story before. The performance is chaotic. They figure the wise men were spies. They think Herod needs a good beating. But even so... The youngest herdman who plays the angel announcing the Messiah's birth yells over the noise, Hey, unto you a child is born. Unto you a child is born. In many ways, it's quite an ordinary story. I mean, Luke 2 reads a little bit like our daily news. There's a dictatorial ruler... There are lowly subjects. 
the ruler's force and power overwhelms the peasants. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Seems to me a story like this could be told in our world today. Augustus, the emperor of Rome, calls for a census. Count up the citizens. Calculate the tax. An emperor's an expensive enterprise to run. Get every penny you can from the helpless citizenry. Augustus, adopted by Julius Caesar, was in charge. Bloody civil war was over. Mark Antony, the last challenger, was dead. And Augustus decreed the Roman Republic an empire. And he was the sole ruler. Augustus was lord of the emperor. And with his rise to the throne, Augustus proclaimed justice and peace to the whole world. Further, he declared his father divine, which made him son of God. Some people even called Augustus savior and worshipped him as such. So when he called for the people to be counted, even those far away from Rome and the eastern end of his empire went to their hometowns. Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem. Even though Mary was pregnant and near her due date, when the ruling forces go, you go. They traveled 85 miles on foot from Nazareth to Bethlehem. When they arrived, there was no Holiday Inn to receive them. I mean, typically relatives would make a place for them, but with the census, the town was overcrowded. There was no room for them with the rest of the family on the second floor. They could have the ground floor. They could stay in the place where families might put their animals. That's where Mary's water broke. Joseph hastily casting his robe over the feed trough. An improvised crib was ready to receive their newborn baby. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. A son was born to them. An ordinary, everyday event. An infant nursing at his mother's breasts. Emperor Augustus in his palace in Rome... A displaced peasant's son in a feeding trough. This is how God located himself in our human story. It seems so ordinary. It's a story familiar to our world. But beneath the surface, there was more than ordinary happening here. Maybe it's the angels from the realms of glory that give us a clue. They crisscross across the skies with big announcements. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Well, what is this good news? Look close. Look close. You might just see the kingdom of God confronting the kingdoms of this world. The birth of this boy is the beginning of a major conflagration. I think Isaac Watts tries to capture this in his famous and popular Christmas carol, Joy to the World. He wants us to realize that the ecstatic joy that that Mary's child brings, the hearts that longed for the fulfillment of Isaiah's promises begin to beat faster. God's great gift arrived. The Word of God become flesh. And the whole world changed. I mean, Christmas may be proclaimed by angels and shepherds, but Christmas isn't about angels and shepherds as such. The joy that's come to the world is that a Savior, 
the Messiah, a Lord greater than any Caesar has been born. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Isaac Watts, this prolific hymn writer, tries to capture the broad-reaching effect of Jesus' birth in his song. Today, the Savior of the world is born. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. This Savior brings about the grand reversal of Adam and Eve's original sin. Their willful action that doomed the rest of us to sin and death is overcome. This child, born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, will bring blessing. Ever the earth experiences the curse of sin. He is Savior. Today, Christ, the Messiah, the Lord is born. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness, the wonders of His love. He's the long-promised anointed servant of God here in the flesh. God's love and grace showed up in our cul-de-sac He'll show the world what's right, what's true. Grace and truth for all to see. A peace greater than anyone could imagine. He is the true Messiah. And today the Lord of all things is born. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and every heaven and nature sing. The Lord of all things. The true Lord. When Isaac Watts penned these words, he had in mind Psalm 98. A psalm, a Jewish song of rejoicing at the marvelous way that God protects and guides. Anticipating a day when God's rule would cover the earth and all nations would accept God's ways. Isaac Watts saw the birth of Jesus as a day of worldwide salvation. Psalm 98. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Let the sea resound in everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Heaven breaks out in this tremendous song. Good news of great joy has arrived. Today, all that God wants for the world is captured in the words of these angels. Except this good news of great joy appears in the most unlikely of places. Jesus entered the world at the margins. I mean, he doesn't get a spot on the NBC Nightly News. No headlines in the Wall Street Journal. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. The angels sing, but it's in the middle of the night. And their audience is a bunch of dirty shepherds. This is not prime time. Somehow God couldn't arrange a spot with Oprah. Who gets to see this glory to God in the highest? Well, maybe our problem is failing to understand, first of all, what the glory of God is. You know, usually when we speak about glory, we often have in mind some spectacular moment. 
Like when Dwight Clark makes a fingertip grab of a Joe Montana pass for a touchdown, the 49ers win the NFC Championship, go on to beat the Bengals, the Super Bowl, and start a four-championship run over the next decade. For many of us, that's glory. That's not the glory that Luke has in mind here. He's not talking about 15 minutes of fame. He doesn't have in mind a glorious moment. Luke thinks of God's glory as telling us something about God's style. One theologian says, The glory of God is a visible manifestation of God's majesty. Glory is the revelation of God's essence. Glory reveals who God really is. And the angels are pointing to God's style. When they say glory to God in the highest, they're saying, look at how God reveals himself. Now look at the story again. If we want to know something about God's style, Luke wants us to see what the angels said. The angels point the way. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What's the sign that this is of God? What's the sign that this is God's glory? What is God's signature in this event? Just look for the God who comes in apparent weakness, insignificance, and vulnerability. Here's God's glory. Our Savior, our Lord, enters at the margins of life. The sovereign Lord of all of history invades our world humbly. He came not through a king's throne, but through a manger. He came not to establish some human kingdom. He came to conquer sin and death, to triumph over all evil for the sake of God's kingdom. But he wasn't born to money or status or royalty. An army of angels announced his peace, a peace that would be greater than any Pax Romana, but he was not a conquering Caesar. The angels point to the signature of God's glory. The sign that Jesus' birth was of God came with the most unique style ever. As one pastor put it, the almighty creator and sustainer of the entire universe, by whom and through whom and for whom are all things, so much more powerful than any army any man had ever made or will make, who holds in his hand the delicate balance of atoms. He's the one who by a simple word could destroy the earth. He invaded the world. God invaded this planet, but he did so as a baby. This is God's signature style. God's glory. When Queen Elizabeth II visited the UN headquarters in 2010, it cost the British monarchy $57.8 million. Millions of dollars just for a short visit. In contrast, God's visit to earth began in an animal shelter. There were no attendants, no royal robes, no bodyguards, no flashy gowns or flashing jewelry. This newborn king of kings and lord of lords had nowhere to lay his head. And it is God's style to make this amazing news known, to reveal this truth Not on the billboards of Times Square or the headlines of Fox News. God makes known the most incredible news the universe has ever heard to shepherds sitting out in a field. 
It's God's glory to come to the least, to these shepherds, to the citizens of the lowest rung of society. See, shepherds were considered unclean. I mean, not only did they have dirt under their fingernails, no, they were unclean, ceremonially unclean. They couldn't go to the temple. So they had this abiding dirt on their souls. They had no sacrifice made for them. Society thought so little of shepherds that they couldn't even imagine them telling the truth. So they were not allowed to testify in a court of law. These shepherds would never be welcomed into the court of Caesar. And yet these grungy field dwellers gained an audience with the one the angels hailed as Savior of the world. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That's not a generic birth announcement. The last two words matter. To you. It's personal. It was a gift directly aimed at the shepherds. See, the Christmas gift came with a tag from God to shepherds. The Savior has been born to you. That is, Jesus the Christ was born for them. The shepherds are not the outcasts of society. They are the very ones that Jesus came to be with. Jesus came in at the margins of society for the margins of society. He was born to the least, the lost, the lonely, the outcast of society. Jesus was born to all of those who we might not expect. Max Lucado once said, So he went to the shepherds, men who didn't have a reputation to protect or an axe to grind or a ladder to climb, men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep and that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. No wonder the shepherds hurried off to find this good news. They had never heard anything like it. No one would ever have entrusted such spectacular news to the likes of them. They discovered everything just as they had been told. I mean, maybe the birth didn't make the headlines, but it's unmistakably God's style. Here's a sign of God's glory. You will find good news of great joy that will be true for everyone, beginning with some lowly shepherds. You'll find a baby lying in a manger. And the same good news comes today to you, whoever you are, whatever you are, wherever you are. No matter how heinous your sin, no matter how piously you've acted, no matter what cover-up you're pretending, today, there's good news. It's not what you've got going for you or what you have against you that matters to God. The favor of God rests not on those who think they've earned it by birth or education or success in our world. The grace of God sneaks into our world under the radar of our religious experience and our religious expectations. 
This good news of the angels is better than anything we could ever dream or imagine. This good news of great joy appears in the most unlikely of places. He shows up at the margins. So today we celebrate the humble, approachable, self-giving king who's made his way to the margins of our world. He not only showed up to shepherds in a field, today he shows up to the likes of us here in Ripon, California. Today, God brings you good news of great joy. God's sent a king, a savior, a lord, to you, all in God's style. Sure, he was born in a manger. He took his place with those who don't belong. He came to be with those who have no place. He was born for the rejected, the discredited, the ones denied status. He came for the tortured, the terrorized, those facing extermination. He came to bring hope to all the hopeless. For today was born to you. Yeah, to you. To each one of you. Today is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray together. God of unimaginable love, on that first Christmas you became one of us. We celebrate your love for every person in every place and time. God of all humanity, you offered peace to all whose presence you entered. We celebrate your peace and seek to share it with the world. God of the shepherds, you came to those who were poorest and most humble. We celebrate your good news as it comes to each of us right where we are. God of the manger, you came to us through your Son in a humble birth. We celebrate that our place becomes more glorious because you are here. God of salvation, you became one of us to restore all of us to your purposes. We celebrate that you protect and guide and keep us to be your servants. A holy child of Bethlehem, Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Here, we hear the Christmas angels. We hear the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen.